This week will be pretty short and to the point, as I am just at a loss for words. 2020 has been a shitstorm, and my Wi-Fi has made this whole process almost impossible. So yeah, maybe I'll head to something brewery after I'm finished. This will definitely be short, and not sweet at all. But if you're here, I'm guessing you're not looking for anything sweet. More than 600,000 people are reported missing every year and only about 89% are found, either deceased or alive. In Colorado, there are over a thousand missing persons cases currently open, and I could say active, but sadly we know some fall by the wayside. Missing at 5280 was created to look into some of those cases. This story has not fallen through the cracks, as most of the cases we have covered. Like Jacob Paddock Weeks, whose father and stepmother are currently in the middle of a search of the area of his last known whereabouts. Our thoughts and prayers go out to them at this time, as we really hope they find something, anything. If you have not heard his story, please go take a listen to episode 5, Lost in the Rockies, after this. His father has now dedicated his time to not only looking for his son, but searching for other missing people as well. Now, onto this week's case. Like I said previously, this week's case has been in the headlines quite a bit, especially lately, with updates and a planned search that is set to start on September 24th. So, this coming Thursday at the time of this recording. This week, we will be talking about Suzanne Morphew. I originally didn't think I would make an episode about her since she was already getting a lot of public attention. But it's been about four months now, and there's still no trace of this beautiful mother. So, naturally, it has piqued my interest. Since I watched her brother's video on August 31st, I couldn't stop thinking about her story. When her picture flashed across my phone screen back in May, I thought she would have been found quickly. She wasn't from here and had gone on a bike ride. Everyone was out in the woods searching for her. Surely she had just deviated from the bike trail, and they would find her soon. They had everyone and everything on it. Drones and dogs, search and rescue. I was in the middle of looking for a couple of kids who weren't returned to state custody after rights had been revoked from the parents during a court hearing, and really didn't think much of it. I headed to Utah for the weekend. The kids were found and returned to safety. But I can't say the same for Suzanne Morphew. The days turned into weeks, and now weeks have turned into months, and there's still no trace of her. Suzanne Morphew is a 49-year-old mother who moved to a very small mountain town with a population of only 135 people, called Maysville, Colorado. This small town is located only 11 miles from Salida, Colorado. This is a rugged mountainous area that is heavily wooded and has houses tucked throughout. Among these dispersed houses was the $1.8 million home of Barry and Suzanne Morphew. They moved to the home in 2018 with their daughters, Macy and Mallory Morphew. It is said that Suzanne was an active member of their local church and was seen frequently shopping in Salida. The shop owners recall her as very kind, but not someone who spoke to them regularly. 
She was reported missing at about 6 p.m. on Mother's Day, May 10th, by a neighbor, 70-year-old Janine Ryder, after she had not returned home from a bike ride. This is what was reported at first, but if you look at pictures of the area, which I will of course post on all of our social media platforms, it's hard to believe that a neighbor would notice the comings and goings of someone else. Like I said before, it's heavily wooded and the houses are not close together, but she was reported because this was Mother's Day, and her daughters, who were out of town on a trip, tried to get a hold of her and heard nothing back. This was Sunday, though, and Suzanne had a routine. She would go for a bike ride and then head off to church. Only, she had never made it to church that day. As soon as she was reported missing, local Chafee County police were on it. Like I said before, there was a large search for her. I'm sure at first they thought what I had and wanted to just find her before the sunset and she would have to stay the night in the woods. But around 7 p.m., her bike was found on a nearby bridge. The bridge was along her normal route, but the way the bike was left made the police uneasy, and not much else has been shared on the status in which the bike was found. From what it sounds like, though, it was propped up and still in really good shape. As time has gone on, more information about Barry's whereabouts and timeline have come to light. As I have said before on this podcast, we try not to speculate, but sadly, I cannot report that Barry has been cleared. I'm hoping this is not another Harold Hinthorn, Chris Watts, Patrick Frazee, but I can't really say it's looking that great for Barry Morphew. Not saying he's a suspect, he just hasn't been cleared. Recently, an interview with a man named Jeffrey Puckett came out. In this interview, Puckett said he arrived to his hotel room, the room that was reserved for Jeffrey Puckett. When he went inside, it smelled of chlorine and there were wet towels along with a male of Barry Morphew. This was not Barry's room. But then when Jeffrey Puckett arrives to the work site, there was no equipment or supplies there. Even though Barry reported he left early Sunday morning around 5 a.m. to get the job site ready. This job site was in Broomfield, Colorado, about 150 miles from his home. The job was to fix a retaining wall along a highway. When Jeffrey Puckett arrived to the hotel, Barry had already left back to Chafee County for a family emergency. Puckett arrived at the hotel room around 6 p.m. Now this could mean nothing. This could mean that Barry had tried to call his wife and had gotten the same radio silence his daughter received when trying to reach their mother. He could have rushed back into the mountains at the first sign of not being able to get a hold of his wife. We do not know. What we do know is that he released his plea for her to return shortly after she was reported missing. Everyone is out there. I can hear this. The has room. Please do whatever it takes to bring you back. Love girls. No questions asked. However much they want. I will do whatever it takes to get you back. Another interesting video with Barry Morphew can be found on the Draper Brothers YouTube channel. Tyson Draper is seen speaking with Barry at an awkward angle because a camera was put away and Barry was not aware he was being recorded. So this is very candid. He is very emotionless and speaks of his idea that a cat took Suzanne. 
The police say there is no evidence of this theory. From my research, I couldn't find much more that isn't speculation. We really don't know what happened to this missing mother. Suzanne Morphew is 49 years old. She is 5'4 and weighs 110 pounds, brown hair, and blue eyes. It is thought that her last known whereabouts were at Highway 50 and County Road 225. If you have any information pertaining to this case, please reach out to Chafee County Sheriff's Office at 719-539-2596 or the Colorado Bureau of Investigation at 303-239-4201. If you want to support the podcast, please leave a review or share the podcast with your friends. Together, we may be able to bring a missing loved one home. As always, sources for this episode can be found in the description, but I wanted to give Stephanie Harlow a huge shout-out for saying Salida, Colorado correctly. She is so great, and if you don't watch her, get on YouTube and binge-watch with me. Maybe we can meet up on Missing at 5280's Facebook page and talk about some of the cases she covers. As always, thank you for listening, and stay safe. Suzanne would never leave her home or her daughters. There's just no way. And she's hidden way too well. A predator doesn't do that. A robber doesn't do that. This is something other than that.